The forty-sixth book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book forty-six. The Argument. Leon by search doth good Rogero find, and having learned the cause of his annoy, he grants to him his love in manner kind, whom now Rogero sweetly doth enjoy. Only the Sarsen king with hateful mind comes to disturb Rogero's ease and joy, not less he is deceived of his account. In fine, Rogero kills fierce Rodomount. Now, if my compass and my card be true, I am not far from that desired coast where I shall pay my vow and promise due unto my saint, of whose great grace I boast. I look at erst with pale and cheerless hue, for fear in this wide ocean to be lost. But now, methink I see, I now see surely, the haven in which I harbor shall securely. Hark, hark, what peals of ordnance, great and guns, are shot in token of congratulation. Hark, how they sound the trumpets and the drums, to gratulate my happy navigation. See how on either shore the people runs to see me after my long peregrination. Behold a crew of peerless knights and dames. Now I discern them, now I know their names. But lest my ship should perish in the port, as oft it doth befall for want of heed, I will go forward in my first report, and tell to you how well the prince did speed that sought Rogero, who in woeful sort did pine, and languished, and wished indeed, sith that Dame Bradamant he might not marry, to die all comfortless and solitary. But sage Melissa, that had ever sought to make that match, as often hath been said, and evermore did take great care and thought that good Rogero Bradamant might wed, by her great skill in magic art so wrought she had continual notice how they sped. Two sprites she did employ for that intent, and still as one came home, another went. By them she quickly had intelligence how he had tamed so inward grief and great, he tarried in a wood with firm pretense to pine himself away for want of meat. Melissa parteth presently from thence, and with some secret word she did repeat, in likeness of a horse a sprite she took, and so met Leon that for him did look. And thus she said to him, Sir, if you be so gracious as your semblance makes me ween, if your good mind with your good looks agree, if so you have not lost all pity clean, come then, O oh, come and help, and join with me to aid the bravest knight that e'er was seen, who for one courteous part that he hath done, except you help, is like to be undone. The noblest, stoutest, and the prowest knight that ever carried shield or blade forth drew, the seemliest and most worthy-minded wight that ever was in age or old or new, is like to perish in most woeful plight, except he may relieve it be by you. Come quickly then unto his aid, per dee, and suffer not so brave a men to die. Don Leon straight supposed in his mind that this same knight of whom the stranger spake was he whom long he sought and could not find, and he for whom such care himself did take. Melissa leads the way, he close behind doth follow her, and so good shift they make that in some twain, at most in three hours riding, they came there where Rogero was abiding. Now being at the place to which they hasted, they both alighted there with mind to stay. There saw they how he pined away and wasted, for in two days before, nor all that day, no liquor he had drunk nor meat had tasted. 
but in his armor on the ground he lay and made a pillow of that noble shield with unicorn upon vermilion field here as i said he lay along and mused on his own misery and on that wrong with which he had his love so much abused and bites for grief his hands and lips and tongue and his conceits and wits were so confused to set his thoughts upon one thing so long and having on his grief so firmly fixed them he saw not them although he were betwixt them don leon hearkened to his lamentation and heard him often call himself unkind and saw him vex himself in such a fashion as unto pity great his heart inclined he finds that love bred all this molestation but yet whose love it was he did not find he heard how many times himself he blamed but all that while his love he never named and therefore pitying much his woeful case although while he silent stood in mute yet after stood before him face to face and with great lovingness doth him salute and with affection great doth him embrace entreating him and making special suit that he would tell him plain and make him know what cause had bred him so great grief and woe rogero loath to live resolved to die prays leon now to trouble him no more but he most sweetly doth to him reply that god hath made a salve for every sore if men would learn the same how to apply and that no one thing may avail man more to cure a grief and perfectly to heal it than if he do unto some friend reveal it and sure said he i take it in ill part because you trust not me that am your friend not only since with your late friendly part you bound me unto you to my life's end but was even then when you with hateful heart at belgrade siege did me and mine offend think not but i will still procure your good both with my lands my friends and with my blood why should it grieve you to declare your grief to one that may perhaps your loss repair bad haps are hope with hope and good belief wherefore a wise man never will despair i hope myself shall bring you some relief by force by policy or else by prayer when all means have been tried and all hope past then die at least keep that unto the last these words so earnestly don leon spake and with such efficacy him he prayed beseeching him his friendly counsel take that t'other now with kindness overlaid was forced an answer unto him to make but in his answer suddenly he stayed and stammered twice ere he could bring it out despair still moving him to causeless doubt good sir he said when i my name shall show as i do mean and that even by and by you will be then full well content i trow to grant me leave and liberty to die i am rogero if you needs will know that went from france and if i shall not lie mine errant was your sire and you to kill and would have done it had i had my will and all because indeed i then supposed your only life did let me of my love man purposes that all things are disposed by that great god that sits and rules above behold it happed i was in prison closed and there i did your noble curtsy prove for there you did me such a great good turn as all my hatred into love did turn and having bound me with so great desert and ignorant that i rogero was 
you did your secrets unto me impart, and prayed me win for you that warlike lass, which was all one as to have asked my heart. Yet, lo, for you I brought the same to pass. Now take her to yourself, and much good do you. More good than to myself I wish unto you. But yet withal forbid me not to die, as now I trust I shall in many hours. For live as well without a soul can I as without her that holds my vital powers. And sure it is best for your behoof, for why, while I do live, she is not lawful yours. For we two are betrothed, and law allows one woman but of one to be the spouse. Don Leon with these news was so accrazed, he seemed in a trance, he knew not how. And on Rogero steadfastly he gazed, nor ever moving lip, nor hand, nor brow, but like an image long he stood amazed, that some hath hallowed to perform his vow. This act of his so courteous he doth ween, he thinks the like before had never been. So that he did not, when he knew his name, repent him of the good he had him done, but rather greatly did increase the same, proceeding in the course he had begun. Wherefore, to show from how great stock he came, and that he was indeed an emperor's son, although in other things he was inferior, in courtesy he means to be superior. And thus he said, My dear Rogero, know if I as well had known your person, when as by your means I had an overthrow, and that you foiled me and all my men, Yet that great virtue that you there did show should even in manner like have moved me then, and so I would all malice have removed, and so I would your virtue great have louved, that once I did dislike Rogero's name before I knew you, I must needs confess, but that I now continue should the same, assure yourself I purpose nothing less. And if when first I to the prison came to set you free from danger and distress, I known had all the truth, yet then I vow I would have done the same I will do now. And surely if I would have done it then, when I had reason to have borne you hate, much rather now I ought to do it, when not doing it I should be most ungrate, and most unthankful of all other men. Sith you your love, your life, and whole estate have freely given for me. But as you gave it, of me again so freely you shall have it. More due to you than me the damsel is, whom though I much esteem of Judas art, yet not so much, that if I do her miss, straightways the grief thereof should kill my heart. Nor shall your death advantage me in this, sith you in her already claim such part that lawfully, while you abide in life, she can by no means be another's wife. As for my part, first I will quite forsake both her and all my worldly joys beside. Then it shall once be said that for my sake a noble knight of so great worth had died. This only thing I could unkindly take that you that had before my kindness tried would rather choose to end your days with grief than at my hands have comfort and relief. These words Don Leon spake, and many more, which now would be too tedious to recite. Refuting good Rogero evermore that in conclusion, being vanquished quite, he said, I yield, and I'll resist no more, I will not die. 
but when shall i requite your courtesy that twice to me have given my life when i to greatest woe was driven now had melissa caused to be brought both cordial meats and wines of her purveying and made him take the same who now with thought and fasting long was even almost decaying his horse likewise as nature hath them taught came where he heard the other horses neighing don leon caused his lackeys him to get and then his saddle on his back to set and so rogero with don leon's aid with much ado did clamour to his seat so greatly was his former strength decayed with which he overthrew an army great and lately did withstand that warlike maid so weakly weaponed as i did repeat and thus with all convenient speed they might they brought him to an abbey that same night where all the night and three days that ensued they stayed and had of needful things good store until rogero had his strength renewed which had with fasting long been weakened sore then privily among them they conclude to turn to paris where the night before a few bulgarians came with an embassage and this was all the substance of their message they said how that the people of their nation to whom rogero late such aid did bring beyond all hope beyond all expectation had therefore chosen him to be their king rejecting all their own king's generation and all his royal race no usual thing so much they loved him so well they leak him and therefore sent to charles his court to seek him rogero's lackey that had been their guide told eke his master's friends how he had sped as namely how the greeks he damnified and how the bulgars having lost their head chose him for king how he alone did ride to novengrad where he was ta'en in bed and unto theodora was presented who purposed to have him sore tormented and how he heard it commonly was spoken that he his cruel keeper closely slew and that the prison gates were rent and broken and he was gone but whether no man knew now while rogero's man such things did open rogero closely out of all men's view did come to town and there that night did stay and he and leon came to charles next day don leon arm in arm rogero led thus it was then devised them between with that self coat and arms apparelled that were of late by all the people seen then when dame bradamant had combated with leon as they falsely then did ween that battered sword that coat that plume all torn that headpiece now was by rogero worn by which each man even at first sight surmised this was that knight that had the lady won don leon's self barefaced undisguised came richly clothed like an emperor's son and with retinue not to be despised and when he had to charles due reverence done rogero by the hand he then did take on whom all eyes were fixed and thus he spake this is that stout and well-approved knight that did with bradamant fight hand to hand whom sith she never took nor put to flight but that he did twelve hours her force withstand most worthy sir to have her aught of right if your edict we rightly understand and therefore now accordingly he cometh to lay his claim to her as best becometh besides his right by proclamation known that justly doth all others claim debar i think the value that he now hath shown proves his sufficiency in feats of war if love may win her she is sure his own 
his love to her doth pass all others far and here he stands prepared to aver by law or force that he hath right to her king charles and all his court did greatly muse at this for why till then they little thought that he before did them so much abuse but that himself had that same combat fought this while marphisa that with flying news of this same strange report was thither brought scant him to end his speech she would permit but presently this wise she answered it sith now rogero absent is from hence that might his right against this knight defend and prove that this is but a vain pretence because the strife shall not so easily end i that his sister am in his defence and in defence of this same cause intend to fight with whomsoever in this place as shall deny his title or disgrace and these last words she spake with such disdain that some that knew her nature hasty ever did fear she scantly would even then refrain but without leave to kill him straight endeavour now leon thinks it best no longer feign and forthwith pulling off rogero's beaver lo here himself now ready pressed he said to answer all shall to his charge be laid as old Aegeus at his cursed board amazed sat to find his spouse's wile, when to his son she poisoned it afford, and if he lingered had a little while, and had not known the handle of his sword, had killed his son, he gate by Pythias guile, so stood Marphisa amazed in the place, when as she saw and knew Rogero's face, and straight she runs and on his neck doth fall, and long it were ere from him she could part, Rinald, Orlando, Charles, afore them all, embraced him and welcomed from their heart. Good Dudon, Oliver, with joy not small, and old Sabrino, health to him impart. Eke all the other lords and knights and squires, to bid him welcome, show most prompt desires. Don Leon, that in speech was eloquent, when every one had done his gratulation, begins to tell to Charles incontinent and all the rest Rogero's commendation, and how he to the Bulgars succor lent, to no small damage of the Greekish nation, and showed such noble courage and such force as him to love Rogero did enforce. So as when he was after tain and brought to her that vowed with torments him to slay, himself in spite of her and all that sought to hurt rogero brought him safe away for which kind part of his rogero thought himself so bound to him that he last day did him that courtesy that sure doth pass the greatest courtesy that ever was he further doth from point to point declare what for his sake rogero hath achieved but after this with anguish great and care the loss of his beloved so sore him grieved that he to pine away did straight prepare had not his sorrow been in time relieved all which so ruefully don leon said scarce was an eye but tears with blindness shed then spake he to that obstinate old man i mean duke ammon that fair lady's sire and with all skill and rhetoric he can he woos his love and pacifies his ire that by entreaty at the last he wan himself to go in person and desire rogero's pardon praying him in the end to take him for his father-in-law and friend this while to bradamant the joyful tiding was quickly brought by more than one report who in her chamber all her sorrow hiding eschewed all solace shunning all resort 
whereby the blood about the heart abiding was drawn now thence in such a sudden sort and this unlooked-for joy so overfilled her that even the suddenness had almost killed her quite speechless lifeless sinking to the ground so strong a qualm her tender heart did feel and she in whom such force was lately found for want of strength did here and thither reel but never did thief with hands together bound condemned to the rope the axe or wheel and blindfold looking every hour to die joy more to hear some man a pardon cry the houses of Mongrain and Montalbain rejoice at these their branches newly knit. But by Marganza comfort small is ta'en, for in their hearts they sorry were for it. And Selmus, Falcon, Gynamus, and Gain, dissembling yet their thoughts with crafty wit, but for a time of vengeance they do watch, as doth the fox the hurtless hare to catch. Beside old quarrels and their ancient hate, new matters done of late did them displease although the king and wise men of the state for common quiet did the same appease the death of pinabello slain but late and bertolage did much their minds disease yet now in show they do dissemble deep and close in mind they do their malice keep in this meantime the ambassadors that came to charles's court by those bulgarians sent rejoicing now that things so well did frame in humble manner to rogero went and did salute him king as in the name of all their countrymen incontinent and so accordingly did lowly greet their new-made prince and kneeled at his feet they told him how their sceptre and their crown was safely kept alone for his behoof in adrianapolis their chiefest town and for they knew by many a former proof that constantino strave to keep them down they pray him not to stay so far aloof affirming boldly that if he were there the forces of all greece they would not fear rogero granteth them their just request and promised to defend them from the greeks and vows if god permit to do his best to be with them within some thirteen weeks but leon bids them set their hearts at rest he tells them that their choice so well he leaks he on his princely word will undertake twixt constantine and them firm peace to make thus each thing framed now in so good sort as could be wished by thought or by device but neither did rogero's good report get favor with ambitious beatrice nor personage that passed the common sort nor feats of arms in which he won the prize and of the which all europe now doth ring but only this to see him made a king in royal sort this marriage they prepare whose charge it was the state will make it known charles bare the charge and took thereof such care as if she were a daughter of his own of her and hers so great the merits are and had to him so many ways been shown he thought the cost had not exceeded measure if he had spent upon them half his treasure he kept an open court by proclamation where nine days space who list may freely haunt men of their own and men of foreign nation to all of them he did safe conduct grant and all that stood upon their reputation that sought their foes in single fight to daunt had license frank to challenge whom they lists for evermore prepared were the lists in open fields they pitched tents great store beside with oaken boughs they made such bowers 
strawing the pavements of them evermore with fragrant roses and sweet-smelling flowers that never had the like been seen before nor never since from that same age to ours besides the furnitures of silk and gold was more than can conveniently be told the innumerable people of each sort from greece from england italy and spain the ambassadors that thither did resort beside each several prince a several train did cause the city walls to seem too short to lodge them all so they in fine were fain in hovels booths in tents and in pavilions to lodge some thousands if i say not millions only melissa's care was to foresee the marriage chamber should be well attired which by her skill she meant should furnished be for long to make the match she had aspired which now that she accomplished did see she thought she had the thing she most desired for by her skill in magic she did know what passing fruit forth of that branch should grow wherefore she placed the fruitful wedding-bed amid a fair and large pavilion which was even the sumptuousest that e'er was spread of silk and beaten gold wrought every stitch and more from over constantino's head at thracian shore where he his tents did pitch fast by the sea for his more recreation she took the same to his great admiration were it that leon gave consent thereto or that she did the same her skill to vaunt to show what one by magic art can do that have the skill the fiends of hell to daunt for what cannot their power achieve unto when for our plague god leave to them will grant from thrace to paris in twelve hours it came i trow she sent one in the devil's name she caused it to be carried at noonday from constantino emperor then of greece the beam the staves the cords they brought away the pins the hoops and every little piece she placed it whereas she meant to lay atlanta's nephew with his new-made niece in this pavilion she did place their bedding and sent it back when finished was the wedding two thousand year before or not much less this rich pavilion had in troy been wrought by fair cassandra that same prophetess that had all in vain in youth been taught of future things to give most certain guess for her true speech was ever set at naught she wrought this same with help of many other and gave it hector her beloved brother the worthiest wight that e'er man did behold that should proceed forth of his noble line she here portrayed in work of silk and gold of precious substance and of colour fine also the time and season was foretold both of his birth and of his praise divine don hector of this gift great count did make both for the work and for the worker's sake but when himself by treason foul was slain and troy was by the greeks defaced quite who entered it by sinon's subtle train and worse ensued thereof than poets write then menelaus did this great relic gain and after on king proteus happed to light who gave to him dame helen ere he went and for reward received of him this tent and thus to egypt at that time it came where with the ptolemies it long remained till cleopatra that lascivious dame as by inheritance the same obtained agrippa's men by sea then took the same what time in rome augustus caesar reigned and then in rome while rome was the empire seat it stayed till time of constantine the great 
that emperor constantine i mean of whom fair italy for ever shall lament who when he loathed tibris banks and rome unto the city of byzantium went a place of more receipt and larger room and thither this pavilion then he sent of which the cords were golden wire and silk the staves and pins were ivory white as milk in this cassandra wrought such divers faces more than apelles erst with pencil drew a queen in childbed lay to whom the graces with pleasant grace performed lucina's due jove mercury and mars in other places and venus to receive the babe born new the sweetest babe that to the world came forth from man's first age even down unto the fourth hippolito they name him as appears wrote in small letters on his swathing bands and when he is a little grown in years on one side fortune t'other virtue stands then in another picture diverse peers clad in long raiments sent from foreign lands unto the father and the mother came to beg the babe in great corvino's name they part from hercules with great reverence then and from that infant's mother eleanor unto nanubia ward and there the men still run to see that infant and adore also the king corvino wonders when he saw in them both wit and judgment more in those his tender childish years and green than many times in older men had been one doth endeavour in his childish hand of the strigonian realm to put the mace but evermore the tender youth doth stand so high in that same noble prince's grace that if he wore in manly almond's land or in the turks or any other place hippolito is ever by his side and learneth virtue under such a guide another place shows how he doth dispense his youthful time in discipline and art fusco instructs him in the hidden sense of ancient writs and precepts doth impart what actions praise what actions breed offence what be reward of good and ill desart all which the picture did so well express that at the meaning every one might guess lo where as yet a boy in vatican among the gravest cardinals he doth sit and speaks so wisely that they all began to wonder at his towardness and wit what manner man if once he were a man would this man prove for peter's chair how fit they seemed to say oh if he thither climb what holy age were that what happy time within another part described were his youthful sports when he more strong did grow oft in the mountains he doth meet a bear oft times a boar in marish grounds and low he rides his jennet fierce and void of fear he chaseth oft the buck the hart and roe and by his horse swift pace doth override them and then doth with his sword in twain divide them of poets then and of philosophers about him you should see a worthy band to make him know the course of wandering stars how heaven doth move and why the earth doth stand or reading elegies or verse of wars fine epigrams odes hard to understand or sometime instruments of music hearing in all his acts a special grace appearing then on another part was to be viewed his virtues each one by itself distinct first prudence temperance and fortitude and justice and a fifth unto them linked so nigh that who with it is not endued the rest may seem or blotted or extinct good bounty 
showed in giving and in spending a special grace to all the other lending this one place shows he aids unlucky force him evermore most faithfully assisting sometime with policy sometime with force him helping and his enemies resisting a fortune's change he doth but little force in woe and weal in one faith still persisting he comforts him when evil haps do grieve him in dangers he doth save in want relieve him then stands he studying at another season and for his country's safety taking care he searcheth and he finds by depth of reason and finding to his brother doth declare their most unnatural and filthy treason that some of his own blood for him prepare by which he doth deserve such name to have as rome yet free to famous tully gave fast by he stands all clad in armor bright and to relieve the church he runs in post with sudden soldiers raw and armed light against a settled and well-ordered host yet did his only presence so affright the adverse part that one may rightly boast it quenched the fire ere it to burn began so he may say i came i saw i wan here stands he by his native riverside and straight encounters with the strongest fleet that ever yet phoenicians did provide gainst greek or turk but he doth boldly meet and vanquished them and took them at one tide and though the booty and the gain was sweet all save the praise he left unto his brother for only that cannot be given another thus this pavilion as before i told the which melissa brought so far from thence did please the knights and dames that did behold the goodly imagery and rich expense although they had not any to unfold the meaning of the same and hidden sense but yet by good melissa's wise instruction dame bradamant did know their whole construction rogero marked likewise with great attention those goodly figures calling to his mind that oft his uncle of that prince made mention hippolito the flower of all his kind but now king charles whose care is and intention to give to all men entertainment kind made plays and feasts with sundry sports and great and evermore the tables filled with meat there men might plainly see and understand the courage and the strength of every knight sometimes in single wise now band to band in justs and tournaments resembling fight but still rogero had the upper hand in all his exercise of day and night in leaping running wrestling and in dancing all men him far above the rest advancing but on the last of these days festival then when to take away they did provide what time king charles was set amid them all even just between the bridegroom and the bride behold they saw a goodly man and tall that seemed directly toward them to ride most proudly mounted on a courser's back but yet his horse and he all clad in black this was fierce rodomont king of algier who at his late received foil and scorn of bradamant inflamed with spite and ire all use of horse and armor had forsworn till one whole year one month one day expire but live that while and hermit all forlorn for so the knights were wont in ancient times of their own selves to punish their own crimes and though this while he oft had notice how king agramant and how king charles had sped yet nathless for not breaking of his vow forth of the doors he never put his head but when the year and month were ended now and day beside 
Himself he furnished with armor new, new horse, new sword, new lance, and came therewith unto the court of France. Not once alighting, nor so much as rising, for reverence sake to bow his head or knee, he bare the countenance of a man despising both Charles and all those peers of high degree. At this each man amazed stands, devising what proud and saucy fellow this might be. From talking and from eating each man stays to hearken what this lofty warrior says. Now when he was to the emperor come so nigh that he Rogero fully did confront, with stately voice and with disdainful cry, he saith, I am the king of Sarza, Rodamont, that thee, Rogero, flatly here defy, and ere the sun go down make full account to prove thou hast been false unto thy prince, and openly of treason thee convince. For though thy treachery be known so clear in being christened thou canst not deny it, yet that to all the world it may appear I offer here in single fight to try it, or if thy courage fail, if any here will take on them thy quarrel to supply it, I will accept of any one or more, yea, not to fail of six or half a score. Rogero, when he first had license craved of Charles, this wise to Rodamont replied, and said, He ever had his honour saved, and who so said contrary loudly lied for he had to his prince himself behaved most loyally even to the day he died and said he there was ready to maintain that yet his faith had never suffered stain and that himself was bold enough and strong with him to buckle hand to hand alone and that he hoped to make him feel ere long he had enough perhaps too much of one Straightways, Rinaldo, to avenge this wrong, Orlando and the Marquis would have gone, Marfisa, with the brothers white and black, and Dudon, would be on the pagan's jack, alleging that sith he was newly married, for him to fight it was against all use. But from their speeches his opinion varied, and swears that that for him was no excuse. Those arms that erst the famous Tartar carried he takes, nor will he make one hour of truce. To arm him all those states their aids afford, King Charles himself hoped to put on his sword. His wife takes care his curates well may fit, Orlando ties his spurs, Marfisa bold doth fast upon his head his beaver knit, Astolfo is content his horse to hold, his stirrup Duda, others think it fit to rid the lists and drive out young and old, Rinaldo, Namus, Oliver take charge to marshal it, and make it clear and large. Fair dames and damsels stand with looks dismayed, with fear and trembling like to fearful doves, whom some black tempest-bearing cloud hath frayed and driven from fields to shroud in houses' roofs. Down falls the hail with which the corn is laid, and profitless unto his owner proves. So do they this fierce pagan's forces fear, which sure they judge Rogero cannot bear. Nor only do faint people so surmise, but many knights of worth the same did ween, that called to mind what erst before their eyes to their great grief they had in Paris seen, when he with fire and sword in fearful wise did well nigh spoil the town and waste it clean, of which the woeful signs did still appear, and would remain yet many a month and year. But Bradamant, more feared than all the rest, not that she thought in strength or skill well tried the pagan past her spouse nor valiant breast, 
or that he had more reason of his side which unto victory avails not least when men by combat quarrels do decide yet still her mind is sad her looks uncheerful nor blame her though for love is ever fearful great suit she makes great labor to procure that upon her she may the quarrel take yea if to have been slain she had been sure to save her spouse but all in vain she spake the champions now their lances put in ure and each with couched spear the t'other strake the staves like ice in shivers small did fly the splints like birds did mount unto the sky the pagan that his lance did full direct against the middle of rogero's shield did smite on it to small or none effect for vulcan had the same most firmly steeled the t'other's target had no known defect yet to the stroke it did a passage yield yet it was thick a quarter of a foot of bone and lined with plated steel to boot and save the lance sustained not the blow but at the first did break and was dispersed so that the pieces of it seemed in show to have been feathered fowls as i rehearsed that stroke had finished that strife i trow and had his curates and his body pierced but now it break and both gave strokes so sound as made both horses cruppers kiss the ground the riders ne'ertheless sate firm and steady, and laboured so well with spur and rein, their horses were got up on foot already. The men to fight addressed themselves again with swords. Their horses both were strong and ready, and each with skill some vantage sought to gain. And where they thought their armours were most thin, with force they strave to pierce and enter in. Fierce Rodomont, had not that serpent's hide he used to wear, nor yet that shaving blade that he was wont to carry by his side, for Nimrod his great ancestor first made. He lost those arms, and many more beside, then when as Bradamant did him invade, at that same church where he had twelve months since entombed Isbel with that peerless prince. He had another armor, good and sure, but not like that so passing tough and hard, but neither this nor any else could dure against the piercing edge of Balisard. No mixture such, no metal was so pure, no charm so strong, but that this blade them marred. Rogero so bestirred him with this blade, more than one hole in t'other's coat he made. Now, though a little while the pagan cloaks his hurts received with unappalled mind, yet when he saw his blood and felt the stroke so smart that still they seemed the quick to find to so great wrath and rage at him provokes even like the sea turmoiled with blustering wind he hurls away his shield and doth endeavour with both his hands to cleave rogero's beaver with force as great he strikes and as extreme as doth that engine in the river Po borne twixt two ships upon the stately stream and forcing down with many a heavy blow some piece of timber or some sharpened beam i say the pagan smote rogero so had not the charmed helmet been a force he doubtless would have cloven him and his horse rogero sitteth staggering in his seat his hand the bridle left his thighs their hold rodomont gives another blow as great to maze him more by all the means he could and last a third but now he so did beat his blade of metal free it would not hold but burst in twain with his continual hammering and left the pagan in no little mammering 
but yet for this the turk doth not refrain but still invades the knight that wants defence so had the blow amazed his head and brain so dazed had the blow his wit and sense the pagan minds to waken him again first he doth close with him and so from thence wringing him by the neck with all his force to leave the saddle he doth him enforce he fell but yet the ground he touched scant but that he rose inflamed with wrath and shame for looking up he saw fair bradamant whose blush did show how ill she took the same yea even of sounding she did little want and still her fainting colour went and came which seen rogero with his sword intends for this so great disgrace to make amends the pagan with his horse would overrun him and jostles him but he with little pain doth step aside and warily doth shun him and with his left hand takes the horse's rein so as the turk thereby no hurt hath done him the while he puts in your his sword again and with two thrusts he did the pagan harm one in his thigh another in his arm the turk with whom a piece did yet remain of that same blade that was in pieces flown smote on rogero's headpiece so again as had well nigh again him overthrown but good rogero now perceiving plain his vantage that was erst to him unknown takes him by his left arm with all his force and willy-nilly pulls him from his horse were it his strength or slight i cannot tell but so he fell no odds was them between my meaning is that on his feet he fell for in the swords rogero's odds was seen rogero that did know his vantage well to keep him now at bay his best doth ween it is not best for him he doth suppose with such a strong and big-boned man to close he further saw what store of blood he spilt so now he hopes by warily proceeding to force his foe to yield and leave the tilt whose strength decayed still more and more with bleeding the turk then takes the pummel and the hilt of his own sword and with force so exceeding did hurl the same he smote the knight so sore he stunned him more than ere he was before it strake him twixt the shoulders and the head and gave to him a blow so firm and sound that good rogero therewith staggered and scant could keep his feet upon the ground the turk to close within then hastened but lo his foot did fail with former wound so that his too much haste as oft we see did hurt and make him fall upon his knee rogero lost no time in manful wise to strike fierce rodomont in breast or face and holds him short and so his force applies he laid him on the ground but in short space in spite of him the pagan doth arise and with small kindness he doth him embrace and then they strive heave shove thrust to and fro and either seeks the t'other's overthrow each strives with all his skill and his ability by force to lay the t'other on the ground now rodomont was grown to some debility by means of more than one received wound rogero had great practice and agility and used to wrestle and he quickly found his vantage which he did not overslip but on his weakest side his foe doth trip the turk most full of wrath and of despite upon rogero's neck took steadfast hold now drawing toward him with all his might now thrusting him back from him all he could and by and by he heaved him quite upright as strong antaeus was in time of old rogero notwithstanding sure doth stand and laboured still to have the upper hand full oft the valiant knight his hold doth shift and with much pretty slight the same did slip 
In fine, he doth apply one special drift, which was to get the pagan on the hip, and having caught him right, he doth him lift by nimble slight, and in such wise doth trip that down he threw him, and his fall was such, his headpiece was the first that ground did touch. The Turk, with such an hard and heavy fall, was sore perplexed, and drews it in such wise his wounds fell fresh on bleeding therewithal, and makes the place vermilion where he lies. Rogero gives him respite very small, but keeps him down, and will not let him rise, and presently presents his dagger-point unto his throat, and to his chiefest joint. As those that dig and search for golden ore within Pannonian or Iberian hills, not underpropping sure the ground before, oft for a plague of their too greedy wills, with sudden ruin are surprised so sore, as to get forth again doth pass their skills, so was the Turk held down and pressed so by brave Rogero, his triumphant foe, who now his naked dagger did present unto the t'other's visor at his eye and with sharp words he told him that he meant, except he yield, to kill him by and by. But Rodomont, that rather than relent or show base mind, a thousand deaths would die, no word doth speak, but strave himself to sunder from him, or, if he could, to get him under. Even as a mastiff fell, whom ground more fell, hath tired, and in his throat now fastened hath his cruel fangs, yet doth in vain rebel, though under him, and seeks to do some scath, for still the ground prevails, and doth excel in force of breath, though not in rage and wrath, so doth the cruel pagan strive and strain to get from under him, but all in vain. But with long striving, and with wondrous pains, he freed his better arm, and void of awe his dagger, that in his right hand remains, which in this latter bickering he did draw, he seeks to stab into Rogero's reins. But now the valiant youth the peril saw, then for his safety's sake he was constrained to kill the cruel Turk that grace disdained and lifting his victorious hand on high, in that Turk's face he stabbed his dagger twice up to the hilts, and quickly made him die, and rid himself of trouble in a trice. Down to the lake where damned ghosts do lie, sunk his disdainful soul, now cold as ice, blaspheming as it went, and cursing loud, that was on earth so lofty and so proud. End of Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington.